Welcome to the WSU Wheat Beat Podcast. I'm your host, Drew Lyon, and I want to thank you for joining me as we explore the world of small grains production and research at Washington State University. In each episode, I speak with researchers from WSU and the USDA ARS to provide you with insights into the latest research on wheat and barley production. If you enjoy the WSU Wheat Beat podcast, do us a favor and subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcasting app. And leave us a review while you're there so others can find the show too. My guest today is Lance Merrick. Lance is a first-year PhD student studying under Dr. Aaron Carter, the WSU winter wheat breeder. He is from South Dakota, where he grew up on a family farm. While at South Dakota State University, he completed his undergraduate degree in agronomy and his master's degree under Dr. Carl Glover, the spring wheat breeder. The goal of his research is to create genomic selection models in the winter wheat breeding program. Hello, Lance. Hi, Drew. So can you tell us a little bit about uh, genomic selection? What, what is genomic selection? Genomic selection allows us to create a statistical model in which you use uh, past trade data to uh, predict the performance of breeding lines using just genomic data. Okay. So you're able to take data you already have collected on, on something and connect it to the, the genetic what you know genetically about the type, so you connect the genetic information to the phenotypic information, is that correct? Yes, okay. yes that is correct. And by phenotype, we mean some characteristic of the plant, plant height or leaf yes. width or something like that, correct? Yes, anything like with yield, disease resistance, literally anything we can measure from a plant we okay. can use to predict. A plant. Is what we call a phenotypic trait. Yes. All right. So how do you create a geno genomic selection model? How do you take this information and, and model it? So the first thing we need to do is we need a lot of breeding lines that have both phenotypic data, such as yield or disease resistance, and genetic data. And we use a statistical model. It can be various things. There's a lot of different models out there. And what we do is we use that to predict what we call a genomic estimated breeding value, or the performance of a line based solely on its genetic markers. So in order to create a genomic selection model, we need to use a lot of breeding lines that have both phenotypic and genomic data. So we use these group breeding lines in what we call a training population. This training population is used to train the statistical model in order to predict these genomic estimated breeding values or the performance of lines based solely on the genetic markers. And we usually use this to predict into a population that we call our test population. And that is usually what we use to actually select out of, right? So we use our genomic selection model to select um, lines that we want for whatever trait in question we're looking at. So how do you use this model then? You've selected, how do you use that in a breeding program? You, uh, normally the breeder goes out and just looks at a lot of, lot of material, right, for phenotype. Yeah. This, this help him some way in, mm -hmm. in uh, looking at more material or less material? What, what's the purpose of it? So really the purpose of, we can do a, quite a few things with it since it is a prediction, right? One of the big things is we can use it to predict complex traits such as yield. So co by complex, I mean a trait that is controlled by a lot of genes, a lot of different markers. And we can predict these traits in early breeding programs. So let's, for, for example, if we have really early breeding program lines that don't have enough seed, we can try and predict yield even though we can't actually grow it on the field or actually put in a field trial to really determine the yield performance of it. So we can actually use that to 
predict the yield performance and either one, use it back as a parent and reduce our generation time in which we call our cycle time, which is a, a, a big thing to promote efficiency in our breeding program and speed up the development of new cultivars. So we can use it in another instance uh, for difficult to measure traits. So this could be uh, disease resistance where we don't have enough disease pressure to actually see differences between lines. And then also we can use it to reduce replications in our field trials and, and things like that. So it's a model. I, it, we're, we're recording this during the COVID-19 pandemic, and we I think everybody's read about these models about where the pandemic can go, but nobody really knows. They give you a guide. How, how accurate are these models? Do they work pretty well, or are they still have quite a bit of uh, uh, guesswork involved in them, I guess? So it is a prediction, right? So there is... It, there is a lot of guesswork. Um, it depends on a lot of factors, such as how much uh, genetic effect or environmental effect really goes on the trait. So, for instance, yield, there's a lot of environmental influence. So, generally, our prediction of yield would be a little less than things that, such as disease resistance, that don't always play into environmental effect. So, uh, you're a graduate student under Dr. Aaron Carter. Are there specific traits you're looking at or working on? Yeah, so what I'm looking at is sealing emergence, and also stripe rust resistance. So these traits both rely pretty heavily on an environment to really create a lot of variation for selection purposes. Okay, and so the, the modeling will help you select when you don't have quite as many environments as you'd like to have, I guess. Uh, if you have a, a series of low uh, stripe rust years while you're here, you can still make progress on the, on the traits. Yes, exactly. Um, for stripe rust, you know, you, you need the, certi the right uh, environmental influence, such as enough um, moisture. You need a certain temperature to really promote that infection in the, in the plant. And so that's where our genomic selection models can really come in. And we can try and select for um, what I'm actually working on is quantitative resistance. So this um, actually is a more durable form of stripe rust resistance. And by durable, I mean it still exhibits uh, resistance even as pathogen races change from year to year and hopefully is, shows more resistance from year to year. Okay. And what about from the, your uh, seedling emergence work? What are you looking for there? So seedling emergence, to really show variation, we need uh, crusting of the soil. Um, in areas like land where we have deep furrow planted winter wheat, we need proper moisture to actually promote crusting to actually show differences in seedling emergence. For, for years where we don't have the right environmental conditions, we might not see poor emerging lines because they're just not those uh, favorable conditions to promote that variation. Okay. So I think uh, you're maybe getting at it, but um, how will this genomic selection or these genomic selection models help you help farmers? Good question. So, I mean, that's what hopefully all our researchers can do, right? So for instance, for ceiling emergence, Hopefully, we can select lines that have better seedling emergence. So for years where there is a lot of crusting, instead of having a quarter of your field not emerge and you lose all that yield, hopefully we can develop and identify lines with better seedling emergence in which we don't have um, a, a lot of poor stand establishment. And the same kind of goes for stripe rust. Hopefully, we can identify lines that exhibit more resistance from year to year and reduce the amount of fungicide fungicide application, and other um, inputs. Okay. Well, those are two important factors that uh, many growers are, are very concerned about. Stripe rust is almost an annual thing, and uh, the crusting, when it happens, 
is is uh, is pretty nasty. You have to go back out and reseed the whole field, and and that's lost time and money. So, good luck with your program. And how how long will you be here yet? I should be here for another two years if everything goes. Okay. Good, so. Okay. Very good. So we can keep an eye out on your research and see what you find for us. Exactly. exactly. Thank you very much, Lance. Appreciate your uh, being my guest today. Thank you. Thanks for joining us and listening to the WSU Wheat Beat Podcast. If you like what you hear, don't forget to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes or your favorite podcasting app. If you have questions or topics you'd like to hear on future episodes, please email me at drew.lyon, that's L-Y-O-N, at wsu.edu. You can find us online at smallgrains.wsu.edu and on Facebook and Twitter at WSU Small Grains. The WSU Wheat Beat Podcast is a production of Connors Communications and the College of Agricultural, Human, and Natural Resource Sciences at Washington State University. I'm Drew Lyon. We'll see you next time.